Welcome to the Backbox Pinball Podcast, a podcast for lady pinballers and their friends. In each episode, we will sit down with a guest and talk about news and events related to the sport and hobby of pinball. Here are your hosts, Lauren Gray and Rebecca Salem. Welcome, everybody. I am super excited about this episode, Rebecca. Oh my God, this is happening. This is so happening. I'm so excited. But I am excited to see you. And listeners, you can't see it, but Rebecca's hair is so amazing. It's so beautiful. Like, I mean, I want to like touch it. Like this is a podcast, but you you can touch my hair. Next time I see you, I'm going to touch your hair. I'll ask, but (laughs) touch your hair. Thank you. Yeah. Just, just ask. (laughs) Unlike the children that I see on a regular basis who just like pet me. I will ask before I pet you. small animal. I, I, I'm all about consent, girl. I'm going to ask you before I pet you. But, you know, you look fantastic. <laughs> Both of us this past week got our COVID booster and poor Rebecca affected you way more. I, I did not feel awesome for about 48 hours. I was just real tired. Like I wasn't sick or anything, but I was just tired. And um, but you, on the other hand, poor thing. You look great, though. Yeah, no, I I do. I look amazing. Uh, and my side effects kicked in like about an hour into um, our pinball stream on <laughs> Thursday, at, at which point I was like, I don't feel so hot. And then I was like, I don't, I just don't feel good. And then I was like really nauseous and I couldn't figure out like what made me nauseous. And I thought, and after the fact, I realized I literally got motion sickness <gasps> from pinball That's- because we were playing pinball. And I was fine not playing pinball. I was like, I'm cool sitting down. And then I'd get up and play. And I'd be like, yeah, this is really fun. And then I'm like, I'm going to vomit. And then I'd sit back down. I'm like, I'm fine. And then I'd get up and I'd be like, I want to vomit. And yeah, it's I got motion sickness playing pinball because of you know what booster, we, which you know is better than COVID. there you go it is better than covid <laughs> i feel like we may have a sponsorship opportunity maybe we need to find out like a dramamine like sponsorship thing so we're gonna look into that sponsored by ibuprofen mm. that came from cvs <laughs> um that is and gatorade also gatorade i drank more blue gatorade i drink more blue gatorade in like the two days following a COVID shot than I do like the rest of the year. Um, I think I drank probably like two gallons of blue. Oh my gosh. And it was delicious. And I didn't die. You didn't die. Also sponsored by sponsored by Gatorade. Yay. But okay. So we have like our update on us, but I am super excited about our, our guest today. Um, Y'all I talk about him all the time on the show. I try not to be like a weird fangirl about it, but um, he is super friendly with Rebecca. And Rebecca's like, I could totally ask him to be on the show. I was like, shut your face. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Totally. And we met in a parking lot. Um, I was drunk at Houston Expo and I was like trying to be cool. I don't think I was cool. And they were super tired. Lauren, <laughs> cool. everyone is drunk at Houston Expo. <laughs> but I was dr- it, it was 8 a.m. in the cat. parking lot. That's like not okay. It's fine. We fangirled over Scott the first time we yes, met Scott. But, but we're going to be super oh, chill God, now. I just said it. We're going to be super chill. Yeah. So please help me welcome our guest from the Chicagoland area, Mr. Super Awesome Scott Denisi. Yay! Hi. Hi. How are you Scott, guys? thank you so much for being on the show. We're going to try to be chill. You're very like, welcome. We're, we're, oh, that's fine. We can be whatever you want, you know? It's, it's, it's all good. Yeah. It's fine. We need at least 19 different autographs that we can sell on. Yeah, here. that's... Oh, we- yeah. Can I have some of the, the cut of the money? Yeah, yeah. We're cool. We're sure. cool like that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scott, we are 
thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be here on the show. For folks who don't know who you are and, and what you do and all the magic that is you, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your pinball origin story, kind of where you started at in pinball and where you're at today. Sure, sure. So uh, like super high level, I'll keep it kind of quick. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I've always been fascinated with, uh, with coin-op games. My dad had a pinball machine when we were younger and growing up. And uh, it was always, always around me. And when, as I got older, I realized that I just, I really loved it. So I just started buying some pinball machines, taking them apart, fixing them, restoring them, that kind of stuff. Actually, the, uh, like, the game that's behind me is my first pinball machine, High Speed. Um, that uh, that kind of changed the game for me. And, and you know, I, uh, I really, really got into it to the point where when... I was talking to Terry at Pinball Life, and he said, "Hey, why don't you just uh, come work for me?" I was like, "Oh, well, all right." And I, uh, I actually just quit my day job um, doing consulting. Um, I did like I did financial databases and business intelligence systems, and I quit doing that. Went over to Terry, and since I had a bit of background from college in mechanical and electrical engineering, I don't have a degree in those, but uh, you know, I I had a lot of experience with that. And just in my spare time as well throughout my entire life. Uh, yeah, I just fit right in there. And that's how I got into the actual industry. Um, stuff that I've done lately, though, is for people who don't know me, I, I actually created a homebrew game, um, which is called Total Nuclear Annihilation, yes. uh, which got picked up by Spooky Pinball and manufactured, which was super fun. Uh, I believe that was 2017-ish. Somewhere between 2017, 2018, I think. But uh, yeah, so it was a year. That was yeah, it was a long time. It was a it was definitely a year of somewhere in there. Uh, yeah, so that I've done a bunch of other little projects uh, like Rick and Morty. Um, I've done uh, like audio for Alice Cooper. I've done audio for a few other like homebrew games, like smaller games like Silver Falls. Um, there's a game on the P3 that already has my music in it. Uh, called Rocks. I don't know if uh, many people I love, we love I, Rocks. That game is so fun. Like I play that most out of all of them, except like maybe Barnyard is really good too. <laughs> so, but you know, let, we can talk about that stuff later. But you know, so that's kind of me, high level. Uh, I just do random consulting for uh, for pinball companies all over the place uh, in my spare time. But you know, from uh, nine to five, I work for Pinball Life as the engineer over there. I love it. I love it so much. And listeners, you all know, again, fangirl, like Scott fan number one. But he his music is the intro to the show because TNA is like top five game for me, possibly like number one. And I'm not saying that because you're here, but it's like it has everything I love, like awesome I mean, soundtrack, she, she's really great not. shots. I love it so much. But yes, it's the intro music. So that's how Scott and I met, like virtually. This is the first time he and I have actually, besides the drunken episode at the Houston Arcade Expo, but besides that, um, like that we've talked like, you know, in person virtually. So we are so excited to have you here. So thank you so much again for being here. We're going to, we're going to talk some pinball news. Feel free to jump in whenever. Absolutely. And then we'll I do want to make one comment about the music on the uh, podcast. Yeah. Here, though. Uh, not many people are going to recognize this, but. You came to me so early on looking for the, uh, like the intro music that I gave you a copy of the TNA song that is not the Beepgate reprise. <gasps> That's the original, original beep. Oh my gosh. For. Yeah. I did not know that because I did. I Just was. So, you know, I, I heard that on the podcast and made a mental note 
to myself that uh, that was kind of cool. Oh my gosh! As a, as a music nerd, yeah, to have like really a like a thing. special like you know non released public version. Like I love all like my imports and stuff. So I'm like that makes me so happy on the inside. And I didn't yeah. even try y'all. It was just more of like I wanted <laughs> music. Yeah, I wanted music when I started the show because I was like I don't want to get in trouble because I'm using like not like you know original music. And I was like, what's out there? I was like, I should use pinball music. And then that was it was right around the time like you know I had just started playing TNA and I was like, I love this music so much because I do like like kind of new wave synth kind of stuff. And then I was like, I wonder if he'll let me use it. And you were so gracious. You're like, yeah, sure, here you go. I was like. Thanks. So, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm at all. Yeah, super cool. All right. So, pinball news. So, not a ton of news going on, Rebecca. Um, you know, everybody's talking about Godzilla. News, I, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's yeah. Godzilla has been like the big thing. Uh, I've seen a lot of streams. I saw Carlos Laserlos on Twitch stream Godzilla, mm-hmm. which it was pretty cool. Um, again, I'm trying to save my judgment until I actually play it in person, which will probably end up being Houston. Um, you may get to play it beforehand because you're going to go to Pinball Expo in Chicago, and I'm sure it will be there. Yes. So you'll have to give yes. a report on what you think about it. But like, first impressions, I'm just not excited. I want to be excited because I love Keith and I love all the peeps. And I'm just like, no, it's like, I just, I don't know why I'm not excited about it. I don't know why I, I feel bad. It's okay. It's okay. I feel like that it is okay to not necessarily, well, here's the thing. I am the very much the <laughs> poor Jordan. Um, I am usually the person when Jordan goes, well, I would like to get this thing. Or here's this thing, and I'm very, and I just, I poo-poo literally every, I'm like the worst. I'm the biggest negative Nancy to new things sometimes. Like, and then once I get into something, I'm like, oh, this is clearly the coolest thing I've ever touched in my life. And it's like, you hated it 30 minutes ago. And I'm like, yeah, but I judged literally everything before I actually touched it. Um, And so I feel, and it's okay, Lauren, it's okay. To poo-poo the game that you have not touched. It is okay. Sometimes it just doesn't jump out at you. It's, 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 that's like, what it is. It's like, but I want to like okay. it. I want to like it, but I just, I'm like, <sighs> but th- I feel like this is going to be heart, Hot Wheels part two. So, because like, I was like very poo-poo on Hot Wheels until I actually played it. I'm like, this is the bestest ever. I was like, I love it so much. It's amazing. It is amazing. It's amazing. So, I, you I know, so it, did you, I'm surprised that you weren't really like excited about this because did you notice the, like the pop bumper? That's on Godzilla? I have not. Okay, so tell me about the pop bumper. So did you notice there's one pop bumper on it, Yeah. first of all? Yeah, there's just the one, so. Do you know where it's located? It's a very interesting spot. Tell me. Hmm. It's located in almost the same spot as where TNA put the pop bumper. (gasps) So it's the best place that I can possibly think of to put a pop bumper. And I cannot actually wait to play this game because i think that's going to make that uh that chaos that i love in pinball i think that is going to absolutely work right there and just because of that one thing i I think it's going to make it just 10 times better for me i think that's awesome maybe keith was inspired by the tna pop bumper placement i think what he did was just put it in a spot that made sense (laughs) (laughs) didn't necessarily like inspired it wasn't inspired by anything but like it it makes sense on that layout which is really cool and i am even more surprised that stern let him get away with just putting one pop bumper in there there are no other pop bumpers in that game that i could see anyway and i'm a really big fan of games that only have like 
one pop bumper. Well, it needs to or do stuff. no pop bumper. Yeah, yeah. it needs like, like if you're gonna yeah. use it. Well, I really hate shooting things. Through yeah, pops. it's like you know, like My three or four. Thing is having to shoot pops and like, like if I have to shoot around one pop, cool. Mm-hmm. If it is something where like the pop will do something for me, cool. But if I just have to like shoot through pops. It's really annoying, and it is just my personally my least favorite shot in every pinball machine I have ever played is like dealing with pops or things that shoot. The, yeah, like it's on The Walking Dead, it's on Kiss, it's on Guardians it's, of the Galaxy, like, like stuff feel- like where it's like the to me like you don't interact with the pop bumper. The pop bumper feels like just something to suck up time and. Yeah, I like the the noise, like in a like an EM kind of way. But it to me, it's kind of like just something to fill up the play field. Sometimes it doesn't have any kind of like reason to be there. If there's like, especially if there's like three or four, like the ball could sit in there for like a minute, and I'm like, all right, what am I? I'm just watching yeah, it. Hit, but it's <laughs> the box. I think, I think what we see though is we see a lot of stern games coming off the line, and I think there's just by looking at all of these that come off the line, you, you can tell that there's a there's a it's like a, rest, a a restriction on this saying you have to put three pop bumpers in this game so people are just kind of tossing them you know these designers are just putting them places you know just to get them on the game um you know just kind of pushing them in the corner or whatever kind of that but i think now this is this is a game changer because this is completely out in the open and there's only one you know it's it's really cool um but yeah i mean all, all the other companies i mean can you name some of the other companies that have pop bumpers that don't really do anything i i mean i could think on it for a while but it'd be kind of hard i think hot wheels pop bumpers are are kind of more open pop bumpers are super imp- well pop bumpers and hot wheels are also like super important to mm-hmm. like the key mechanic of point scoring in that game because yeah. you have to have things in the pop bumpers to increase to basically get to your 10x 15 second multiplier yeah. um and the pop bumpers are, and there's a couple like different like ways to get into the pop bumpers, and then sometimes you want to be in the pop bumpers, and sometimes you don't want to be in the pop bumpers, and figuring out how to maneuver around it, I feel like is really enjoyable. But it could be avoidable if you're really trying to avoid it. Whereas sometimes it's just like I and I just hate the shots through the pops. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. It's like what is it like shot through the heart and you're too late? It's like shot through the pops and you're too late, and it's just like. You give pinball a bad name. Oh my gosh. Exactly. <laughs> totally. Shot through the pops and you're too late. You give pinball a bad name. <laughs> there you go. Yes, Bon Jovi. I didn't, I never thought we would work that into this show, but I love it so much. Oh my goodness. So, okay. So I will, I am going to do Godzilla. a wait and see on Godzilla. So I will yeah. wait. Well, so Quasars has one. Oh man. Quasars Arcade. Oh. Down Cor- Corpus. Corpus. So, uh, listeners, I think we've talked about Corpus. Corpus from San Antonio, Austin. From San Antonio, it's about two and a half, three hours. Because I think Quasar's... That's not It's bad. not bad. So it's it's doable. It's a little more of a trip than Austin is from San Antonio, which Austin's like Still an hour. Still go down there during spring break. Yeah. It gets a little weird. It does get there. weird. Yeah. That whole, uh, you know, the Padre Island, which is the Padre Island National Seashore, runs from about, you know, Corpus Christi, the actual city, all the way down to the tip of uh, Texas. And it is just party central. It is debauchery unchained. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've done spring break down there once. Once it was like, oh, I wish I could not do that. So, but but uh, but yeah, no, it's it's not too far. So maybe I may have to drive down there. Man, he always gets all the good stuff. He like he had a Willy Wonka. He had all kinds of stuff down there. So man, he just got a Transformers Ellie. 
Um, and you guys have a transformer. We do have a transformers, but it's a, it's a pro. It's like what y'all do. Like the pro with all the extra. It's like all that they put all this stuff on it. Yeah. The chromium. I was like, I forgot what it was like. You called it a certain thing. Um, yeah, we just, I just got to play that the other day. It was fun. Um, but yeah, it's, there's, there's lots of cool stuff coming with Godzilla. So I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to wait to I'm decide. I'm, I am excited about it. So other news, uh, Chicago gaming company, uh, just announced that Lyman Sheets and Josh Sharp are going to be contracted to develop a new software package for the Cactus Canyon remake, which I was just like, Hmm. I was like, I am totally interested mm-hmm. about that. I feel like Chicago mm-hmm. gaming it, you know, I actually like, I, I know like people are going to be like, how could you? Um, I love the idea of buying a kind of vaulted or a, a m- machine or a theme that I love that has like new stuff in it. Like, it's like, you know, I don't have to worry about the parts, like trying to find a part for an old school medieval madness. I could just buy a new one that's like got brand new parts in it and all these new boards and just do that. So, but I'm excited about the Canyon, uh, Canyon, Cactus Canyon remake. I can spit that out. Cactus Canyon remake. Uh, Rebecca, Scott, what do you guys think? I'm absolutely well, excited. <laughs> yeah, I, I, am, I am also probably picking one of those up. Nice. Um, the reason for this is the, first of all, I like the game. I like the theme. I like that Western style goofy stuff. We need okay. more Western theme stuff. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's just mm-hmm. great. Um, but uh, the coolest thing is that you've got Josh Sharp and Lyman on there now. Um, that game was never finished. Okay. So the software on there was just kind of like, you know, it was okay. And, you know, it didn't, it just, it kind of ended at a certain point. And you're kind of like, okay, it's kind of boring now, but software makes a huge difference in things. And I think that game is really fun to shoot. Um, but with Lyman and Josh doing stuff on there, it's going to be crazy. Um, and a fun fact about Josh Sharp is that he played, uh, TNA early on. And he was, he is the guy that's responsible for, during multi-ball, the jackpots will actually reset those drop targets. You know how they reset mm-hmm. on you? So you can't just slam through it three times and then just be like, oh, yay, extra, or add a ball, whatever. Um, he's, he's like, dude, he's like, just make those, like, reset after a little while and, like, back off. You know, like, they're kind of fighting you back. That was totally his idea that was put into the game. So he knows a lot of how to make a game more fun and more challenging for other players. Um, So this should be very, very exciting. So I am really excited about it. I'm super stoked. I am, I am very, very, very like we got to play. So Jordan Cactus Canyon is like Jordan's one of Jordan's favorite things to ever get to play. Uh, We played it, I think first at, Houston Expo, and we were super excited about it. And then the next time, then and then the last time we really got to play it in person was in Poland, of all places. Um, we found a pinball arcade Poland. in in, in Poland. Poland. That's yeah, just so random. We went to Poland. <laughs> I mean, we definitely went to Poland because I wanted to go to Poland, but it was like it was a um, it was just a pinball museum in like. A basement and they had tons of games and it was all you could play and of course they had you know a bad cats and they also had a cactus canyon and jordan spent most of his time on that cactus canyon and every time i think he, he ends up playing them like he keeps playing them but it's I'm super excited for it. I love the idea of basically taking games that you know and we're seeing other companies do that that aren't Chicago like Fathom and 
you know, and I love the idea of adding more code to games that are classic that either weren't finished or that could go deeper. Um, I mean, like Bride 2.0. Um, I'm, I'm almost really sad that we sold Bride, but there, I mean, I love the idea that we can do more with games that already exist. Um, like I won't say no to more pinball. No. Like, no. Oh, no. I mean, that, not more pinball to play darn and i've played the 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 what i'm like the remakes or the reissues you know i've played the new monster bash i played the new medieval madness they were great i'm like the, why why wouldn't you take an opportunity instead of buying one that you're gonna have to dump a ton of money into just take that money turn around buy one that's gonna have more code more things to do on it i just i i like the idea i like what chicago gaming is doing i'm excited about it so i'm also like sad that i kind of like I want to find some money so I can buy that Fathom remake <laughs> from, from the guys from Australia. I'm like, why? No. It was like, I want it so badly. Um, but I think it's awesome. So congratulations to Chicago Gaming, Lyman, Josh. Good luck. We can't wait. So that is that is the uh, the decision, the thoughts from the Backbox Pinball Podcast and Mr. Scott Denisi. We're excited. We're excited. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Excited. It's super exciting. So, Scott, uh, you know, as we kind of move away from news, um, we are so excited that you're here. You're going to be kind of on the scene quite a bit. You know, the world's opening up. You know, everybody's getting their boosters. You know, um, we're going to have the big pinball expo in Chicago. It is like the thing. And I feel like I'm like, I'm like the one kid not going to prom. But it's like everybody, everybody is going to pinball expo and you are going to be there. So, so tell us about like what you're going to be doing at pinball expo. All right. So, um, well, you know, I'm actually not going to be at expo during the day, uh, because pinball life is going to be slammed busy. Uh, and I need to be there, uh, just, you know, normal business stuff during the day. Um, but I will be making a plan because I have some special guests coming in to uh, stay at the Sleepy Nut Tavern. Um, so, you the know, I don't know. The special guests are really excited. The, the special guests are, are very, very excited. Um, it may be uh, the Fliptronic crew. Woohoo! Uh, but, uh, yeah. Could be, yeah. Yeah, Could definitely. Be. Definitely. Yeah. I'm... Yeah, so it's, it's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be so much fun. I'm so excited. Definitely. Is there anything so, that you're excited to see? Like, you know, so you're not there as like Scott Denisi, pinball designer, da, da, da. You're there as Scott Denisi fan, you know, in the evenings I, and weekends. Totally. Weekend. I am, I'm going to be there as a pinball enthusiast because I'm not doing any presentations. I'm not doing anything like crazy, which is great. This is what I like. I like to just go there, talk to people, play some games, um, you know, check out what's going on. I think there's going to be a bunch of homebrew stuff there too. Uh, I love looking at that stuff and talking with those guys. Uh, let's see. What else am I going to do? Uh, the pinball Olympics it. are going on also. Yeah. And we're doing the pinball Olympics, which is going to be fun. That's uh, a buddy of mine's uh, creation. Who's just absolutely nuts uh, in a good way, of course, <laughs> but uh, it's, that's crazy. I don't know if you guys have seen the Pinball Olympics. Have you seen? That I one? have seen that. It's a, it's really fun. Okay. Yeah, it's it's something cool. to watch. Well, um, I can't wait to see them it, again. So I will put a link in the show so notes. It's hard to describe. It's, it is hard to describe. So I'll put a link in the show notes, you guys, um, so you can take a look at it. But so Scott, like, so you're going to be there as a fan. Like, is there like besides maybe Godzilla? Is there any one game that you're excited to get your hands on? Because this is it. Like, it's been a year and a half since COVID and everything that's happened. Is there something that you're excited to see in person at, at the event? 
Yeah, well, it really is Godzilla, to tell you the truth. I really do want to check that out. Um, gosh, what other games haven't I played? I mean, it's been a year. There hasn't really been pinball things going on. I mean, what's come out in the past year? I don't even remember now. But uh, <laughs> Hot, Wheels. Hot Wheels came out. Heist I mean, I played, came I out. Hot Wheels. Uh, man, yeah, there was some there was some crazy stuff. Oh, yeah, Ninja Turtles. I have not played a Ninja Turtles. Yet. I love Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I I feel like I you know people have feelings about Ninja Turtles. Like I was talking to somebody and they were you know talking about getting it and I was like I love Ninja Turtles and then it was just like this whole like episode like how can you like Ninja? I was like Ninja Turtles is the best. So I love it. Yeah, I I want to check that out. You know, and I still haven't played a Led Zeppelin. Um, we did get a Mandalorian at work though, which is, oh nice, uh, it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's a pro version, so that one's pretty good. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, it's basically the stir machines. I mean, I've, I played the, uh, I played the Halloween and Ultraman. Nice. And those, yeah, so those are, those are good. Um, what else? I think you mentioned about all of them, except for heist. Like that was the other thing that kind of came out right when COVID started. So yeah, I, well, the thing I, I've got a P3 here. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. I'm sure you've played that. So I went, uh, like I just went crazy because I was like, uh, I am, and we'll get into this probably later of like what I'm currently working on, but I am just a little glimpse of that. I am working uh, and doing some consulting for Multimorphic at the moment. Um, and I, so I went crazy and I was just like, I want to buy this thing and I want every single thing that you offer for it 100%. Like, what is that? You know, so I got like four play fields. I've got all like the DLC content loaded on the machine. It's crazy. Um, so I've just been playing and going through all of that stuff. That new game, Sorcerer's Apprentice, that came out is super fun. It looks fun. That we we, we yeah. had Jerry on the last episode. Um, we got to talk to him about, it, and I was more deep diving on that. And I can't wait to go over Rebecca and play your P3. I'm so excited. We we don't have one on Jordan's location out of town this weekend. You know, might need to take a field trip. Maybe need to take a field trip and go play some P3. I, I love that. So, but so Scott, like talking about your um, career as a designer. So of course you have you broke onto the scene with TNA, Total Nuclear Annihilation. For um, any new listener that's out there, it is again, like I said, one of my favorite games. There's so many things I like about it. It's literally like if I see it somewhere, it's like moth to a flame. Like I just like run over <laughs> and I will play it. So Lauren says she's going to come over to play Sorcerer's Apprentice and the P3. And then I'll be like, look, sure, look, look, here it is. Or here it is, Lauren. Here is the beautiful <laughs> thing. And you'll be like, I see the TNA in the kitchen. I'll be, I'll be back. back. Three <laughs> hours later. Yeah. I'll be back. Bye. Bye, guys. Um, yeah. So as a, as a designer, so you have like TNA, you had Rick and Morty. You're now working on this undisclosed P3 project. But what is it yes. that you look for? Like what inspires you to kind of create these games? Especially like TNA kind of kind of came out of, you know, all the magic that is Scott, you know, and then you're working with something that has, a, you know, an IP like Rick and Morty. What are, what are some of the things you look for in a project? Oh, sure thing. So uh, with TNA, so... TNA was designed uh, out of necessity, actually, which sounds kind of crazy for me to say that, but it was uh, a point where my friends and I have been playing pinball for years at this point, and we were starting to get bored of the WPC games and starting. And this happens to this happens to a lot of people. I'm not saying it happens to everybody, but a lot of newcomers into pinball will just buy. Like they, well, they used to before Stern got really big. They used to just buy the WPC games and be like, those are the best games because those are the ones, you know, like that everyone wants. They have the ramps, they have all this stuff. 
And eventually they go, oh, okay, these are fun. Now what, what else is there? You know, so they start regressing back through time in reverse, uh, through pinball and going, going backwards. And I did the same thing. Um, but, uh, I kind of started with system 11 and started going back a little bit. Uh, but then, you know, that, that whole, uh, there was no new games coming out at that point where they had, you know, cool stuff like RGB LEDs and, and massive sound systems in them. There's nothing like that in, a single level play field and something that was still very fun. Um, TNA was just a, a cobbled together thing of everything that I thought my friends and I liked in a game. And when we played dollar games, so we liked drop targets. There was, you know, just, we liked good music in these things. And then like the, the RGB lights, I was like, I could put something cool in there and show people that, you know, I, I had to show people that how to use a full RGB system properly because Wizard of Oz had just come out right then. And I was not a fan of how um, Wizard of Oz used the RGB because they said, they said, hey, look at this new technology. Rainbows all the time. You know, <laughs> so it's just like it's always in use. And so eventually you get uh, you look at the game and you're like, well, everything's rainbows excellent you know and, and it looks cool don't get me wrong but it's like you get used to that and then you just you know it, you just kind of become numb to it right but with tna i wanted to prove with that rgb system that you could make it look like a normal game when you start like as it does it looks like when you press start there's nothing crazy going on there's no color changing weird yeah. stuff happening there's really just like you know normal white gi inserts are lit just normal colors you know and but then when it really counts it shuts off everything and does like a big blast of red or a blast of pink or something and it uh it really really emphasizes the technology and and uses it sparingly so it makes it special um but that was just just a, a that's like a small portion of the list of things that i had put in there uh, because I wanted a game that was tailored toward myself and what I personally liked and what my friends also liked in, in dollar games. So the game had to be very hard, had to have very short ball times because you don't want to be standing there playing a dollar game with someone when they're playing for 15 to 30 minutes. You know, that's yeah. no fun. Because then you walk away, you know, like, well, I'm going to go get a drink or I'm going to go use the bathroom or I'm going to go talk to this person for a minute while you finish your game. And you're not there engaging with the player anymore. So it's not fun i wanted like three minutes you know let's let's good game play for three minutes straight on one ball you know that then you feel good about it and your friends there are like cheering you on and like laughing and making fun of you when you die you know it's uh it, it just it's more engaging that way and that's that was just a major thing for me so um so i built this game made a whitewood knowing that um i had at that point, I had already been working for Pinball Life. I already I know how process management works from just my education and everything. And I know that like things like artwork have to come last. Like you need to make the game function. You need to write all the rules, do all the stuff, and then throw artwork on the thing. And to make a successful game, because a lot of people start uh, pinball machines and they start doing artwork stuff, and that usually I'm not saying all the time, but that usually does not end up well and it's not a good use of time. 
you need to actually get something functioning and a good thing going first and then throw stuff on there. That's what John Papadik used to do that all the time. He would start with artwork and it would just, it, the games weren't built properly, you know? So uh, just, you know, a lot of that crazy stuff. So anyway, I, I built TNA. Um, at that point in my career, I had a lot of industry connections with people with metal laser cutters and, you know, parts manufacturers and all sorts of other stuff. Like Jerry Stellenberg was a good friend of mine at that point already, um, using the P rock system. So, and I was all, I was friends with Charlie Emery at that point and spooky pinball is the, you know, weird pinball life and spooky pinball, uh, worked really well together. There, there's a really good relationship there. Um, but I was just talking to Charlie and he's like cracking jokes, like, cause I brought this game to expo and people were gathered around it. Like, what is this? Like, why is this so loud? Why is it turning colors like that? How come I can't keep the ball active for more than two minutes? <laughs> you know, like, but there were, there was like, you know, lines of people wanting to play it because it was new and something different. Um, Charlie's making jokes like, haha, we're going to build this thing, like elbowing me. And I'm like, yeah, right. Whatever, you know? <laughs> and, uh, Right before Alice Cooper um, was done, Alice Cooper was going to hit the line after Rob Zombie uh, in their in their line, and they were like, you know, we could sneak your game in here and make a few of these, uh, and just to you know, we'll give a little extra time to Alice Cooper's development to make that just a little bit better, even though it was pretty much ready to go. But they were like, well, we could fit it in right here, you know, on our single line. Uh, we're thinking like, okay, well, we could see if anyone wants to buy one of these. We'll throw some art on it, throw it in a production cabinet, which I had to like completely, I, I, re- I redrew that cabinet, uh, that, that spooky cabinet. That's the only game that that cabinet is, uh, is used for at the moment. Um, but, uh, that, so a lot of work went into that and I'm like, well, how many are we going to sell? I said, we, they had like a, like a little, like guessing thing with all of our friends, like how many would sell when we open it up for pre-orders and I'm like all nervous and I'm like, I hope it sells 50 because if it sells 50 units, we'll break even on, you know, all this other stuff, all this development, like stuff that we had to do to get it productionalized. And then Terry's like, it, it, my Terry's my boss. He was like, actually, if you rerun the numbers, it's like a hundred units. So yeah, I hope a hundred. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I think it's probably going to sell 50. We're probably going to lose a little bit of money at it. But you know what? It's worth it if everyone's happy. Get these games out, um, and then um, so we've released the pre-orders for it. And something crazy happened that I could not expect. And 550 units were sold. That's amazing. Which is yeah, which is just unreal. Um, I had no idea that there was a demand for this. I had no idea that people gravitated toward this as much as as I did personally. So I was like, well, maybe maybe I'm onto something with these shorter ball time games. I mean, this is, this is what I enjoy personally, but maybe there's more people out there that actually do enjoy that because Stern at that point was not delivering games like that. You know, there wasn't, there weren't games that were really brutal at that point. Um, I love brutal. Just so listeners, I talk about it all the time. I want brutal. Like, yeah, if I'm, if you have a, you have a, Dracula. I do. I have you a Dracula. Have my my goal, my my Grail has my Bram mm-hmm. Stoker's Dracula. That alone should prove like my point. <laughs> yeah, that was the second pinball machine that, that I. That, 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 yeah, that was my second pinball machine. Was a it's Dracula. the best. Sorry. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, and like high speed. High speed's brutal, right? And Dracula's brutal. And then like I got a 
I got a revenge from Mars after that. I think that was my third game. Uh, and then from there on, I can't even remember. It's so crazy. But I remember Revenge from Mars being too easy uh, for me. It was not brutal. It was like every shot kind of brought it back to the flipper. And I'm kind of like, uh, you know, I ended up selling it. My wife wasn't too happy about that. <laughs> uh, but we don't have to talk about that. She's hopefully not listening to me because I didn't hear her yell. <laughs> so. no. She definitely texted me and said she was eating cereal back there. Oh, was she eating cereal back there? Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm... I'm really kind of jealous. Cereal sounds great, but I'd be crunching oh, it this night. Do you want to know what kind of cereal minutes. she bought? I laughed at her when I saw it. She she went to the store the other day and came back with a thing of cereal, and it is um, Little Debbie's uh, oatmeal cream pie cereal. That's a cereal? That's, how, that's what I said. I just laughed because I'm like, there's no way that how that is, is a cereal. And I'm looking at it. It's real. Like, she didn't print the box out to mess with me. There's actually cereal in it, and it looks like Little Debbie's little cream was it delicious cream pies. i didn't taste any of it but yeah i know that sounds really yeah crazy, that sounds kind of not she's been eating it I don't rebecca know. uh since you're going to be the special guest so you know tell sarah to save you some little I, debbie yeah. cereal yeah well i'll put some in a little bag and i'll save it yeah for just you. save me save me a bag of uh make me a little uh, i am like bag. so like basic with my cereal i am like the most basic cereal person like raisin bran i'm like i don't know what's wrong with me oh raisin bran i good. love See, no Scott, joke. this is no like joke. why, like, we're simpatico. No joke, like, yeah. I love Raisin Bran, yeah. and especially Crunchy Raisin Bran, like the, the crunchy one. Okay, so I, I'm not into the crunchy, do- but I'll tell you why I'm into Raisin Bran, though. <laughs> like, so Raisin Bran's good because you put cold milk in there. Mm. The raisins get really, like, 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 like hard. Yeah. And they, and the, the bran is starting to get soft. So then you're just, like, eating this stuff, and there's, like, a difference between mushy and like this harder thing in there and it's like really good yeah and i could see why you wouldn't like the crunch because the oat cluster things they don't get mushy then they're like yeah it doesn't get yeah i could see i could see if you're coming from that i like the contrast of the of the raisins versus the mushy bran see scott this is why we're going to be pinball besties because you like you also like raisin bran i love this so much i'm gonna try i gotta get a raisin bran shirt Man, I don't, I don't, I don't like raisin bran, but I definitely ate a lot of grape nuts, which means I was probably like eighty at like the age of twelve. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's just an old person cereal, I think. <laughs> grape nuts was really, it was really crunchy. I like really crunchy cereal. Like if I, my mouth well, isn't bleeding after cereal, then I have not clearly had enough crunch in my cereal. Well, just get some Captain Crunch. Oh, there you go. Your mouth will be like you'll be losing so much blood, you'll be dizzy. <laughs> Hemorrhaging from the face. Yeah. All that crunch. Oh my, oh my gosh. Yeah, well, so I remember my dad, like when my when I was a real little kid, my dad would eat grape nuts all the time. And then I was like, man, that's such an old person cereal. And now we're talking about it again. I'm like, yeah, that's totally an old person cereal. And then I'm mm-hmm. looking back and I'm like, wait a second. My dad was younger than me when he was eating that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, you know. It's got a lot of fiber in it, you guys. Fiber's good. As you get older, fiber. It's all about fiber. We don't need to. We don't need to talk about how much I love microwavable oatmeal. Um, oh, that stuff's good too. Yeah, I like it because it's easy. I yeah, it has to have a lot of fruit in it. Like I don't like oatmeal. Like as a rule, like I don't like it. I like I'm more team cream of wheat, but I oh cream of wheat is so cream good. of wheat is my jam. That's like that's what I grew oh, up with. Man. Like, do you remember that guy in the box? Like I if I the old boxes like from when we yeah. were kids, like the cream of wheat yeah. guy. With the little hat, yeah, yeah, the, the hat. hat, the hat guy, yeah. Wow, exactly. um, we have digressed. Yeah, 
but yeah what are we talking about we're talking about yeah but uh, listeners i would love to know like email us or post we would like to know what your breakfast cereal like likes and dislikes are because i i love cream of wheat and i'm so excited that you have like also like cream of wheat because that's like that's what i do and i busted out like you know you know you get married you like move in with somebody and like i busted out like and he's like you like cream of wheat i was like yeah i like cream of wheat he's like i haven't had that in forever and i'm like oh babe let me show you the magic of cream of wheat I thought you were going to say, like, he's got a box and you've got a box. And you're like, hey, I've got this uh, cream of wheat here. He's like, wait, wait, you got that too? And he, like, pulls it out. I wish. Like, that would have been super romantic in, like, my own weird way. But, no, he was just really super jazzed about it. Like, that would have been, like, a moment. yeah. That's great. But, yeah. um, Also, listeners, if you like cream of wheat, like, hashtag cream of wheat. I feel like that's going to be a hashtag for this episode. Just so you all know. Hashtag grape nuts. Hashtag hashtag raisin bread. Hashtag oatmeal. Come on. You know what, though? I also am not a huge fan of sugar. Uh, I say that, and then also I eat, like, a bunch of M&Ms, too. So then never mind. Um, well, yeah, but, so, like, like, sugary cereal yeah, is, sugar, like, I feel like yeah. I like sugary cereal, but only if it's, like, I'm not eating it as, like, I'm eating cereal. Like, I'm just saying Reese's Puffs is amazing, mm-hmm. and I can eat re- – I eat ate that a lot at night in college. Um, and we didn't need to talk about what happened directly before, you know, the eating of the – cereal uh the really sugary cereal in college and that i one time i literally made somebody violently ill because they watched me eat an entire pound of candy in one sitting so to say yeah Mm. it yeah i was that that is impressive it was delicious um can't do that anymore you guys i i I can't uh now i just eat things like um you know oatmeal (laughs) the the maple sugar type um and it comes in little packets and you can microwave it for a minute and it's delicious and kind of mushy and kind of chewy and i enjoy it a lot thanks for listening to the back box pinball podcast we hope you enjoyed the show to receive updates and the latest episodes make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your podcatcher of choice. Also, we'd love for you to post a review on Apple Podcasts. To look at dream themes, show notes, and more, visit our website at www.backboxpinballpodcast.com. Again, that's backboxpinballpodcast.com. Thanks for listening and keep flipping.